You failed. So did they. Guardian, you are alive. The Supreme Mother is alive. As it would be praised, she was not seriously hurt. And the Divine Child is safe. No thanks to you. I did everything possible. If you hadn't refused to Are you listen, blaming me? Has it occurred to you that what happened may have been Zoot's way of showing his disapproval of what you were doing? How dare you? How dare you accuse me of not following Zoot's will? Hey, um, welcome to Series 3, Episode 28 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And a warm welcome back to Tamsin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 28, the screenplay was done by Anthony Reed. It was directed by Andrew Merrifield. And the episode synopsis were read out by Tamsin. Lex is overwhelmed with guilt after the failed attack. While in the mall, Luke is punished and the captive mall rats seek to capitalise on the chaos. Okay, let's jump right into the opening moment. So after Tyson is shot, Bray and Ebony, with a slap, forces a crestfallen Lex to flee the scene before the Chosen can find them. Back at the rebel base, Bray promises to find out what happened to Tysan to keep Lex from going into the city himself, while Ebony goes him into anger to stop him from moping. So yeah, let's go into that panel. Uh, what do you make of Lex's reaction after shooting Tysan? And Bray and Ebony's different attempts to try and coax Lex out of his moping. I'll say this, for positives, I actually do like all of their interactions. Um, I think they're well done. Um, you know, Lex just completely disassociating right after he accidentally shoots his wife you know i think bray and uh, ebony's approaches suit their characters i mean bray has been incredibly gentle with lex through this whole thing and brotherly and been a true leader to him throughout this whole rebellion and uh, so it makes sense that he would be very gentle with Lex and understanding and trying to protect him and keep him out of trouble where Ebony, she's got no patience for this and she's doing what Ebony does. And she's not wrong either because her method does work. Lex responds better when he's angry, you know, and it's callous. It's very Ebony. So I love all that. I just wish if there's one thing I could change is I wish Lex's reaction to thinking that he killed his wife was given more gravity because mm. it's like they seem to forget this man has already buried a wife mm-hmm. he already spent an entire yeah. season grieving that and so this would be one of the most traumatizing things that could possibly happen to him so the fact that they kind of treat Lex's grief of thinking he killed his wife as a little bit of a afterthought it's just a little bit of an inconvenience for the rebels rather than hello this guy thinks he killed another woman and he you know in his life like he yeah. killed the love of his life and he's been down this road before and the fact that he becomes immediately despondent should have been given a little bit more 
intensity, you know, a little more respect and acknowledgement that, holy crap, this would mess you up if you were Lex. Can I just say that while I, I thought Bray's handling of the situation was, like you said, Liz, very caring, very leadership, but I also thought there was another element is that he was very worried that Lex would get caught and essentially maybe give them all away, give their location away, give all their plans away. I think that must have been playing a part in his head. Or at the very least, what would happen to Lex if he got caught. Yeah. Like that, but because the Guardian would not have doubted, he would not have paused for a second, he would have had him executed, no doubt. But I also think he probably would have tortured Lex first for for information thing for Bray to be concerned about he has his focus has been keeping the three of them working together and not getting Mm -hmm. in trouble not getting caught so his motivations would one want to protect Lex but yeah it would make sense that if Lex got caught right now you know what I mean like it could spell Mm -hmm. doom for what they're trying to build because what would Lex do if he has nothing left you know if everything he's got nothing left to live for it is possible that Lex could just be like screw it you know what i mean like i've got Mm -hmm. nothing i've got no reason to live i've got no reason to hope for anything Mm -hmm. i don't care anymore i don't personally think that that cross Bray's mind but i think it's a fair thing for it to cross his mind Mm -hmm. to consider what would happen if lex got caught well i think we're finally seeing bray as the sort of leader they told us he was in season two Mm. we are seeing that now the one we were promised yeah You know, you saw that potential in season one. It's what Amber saw in him. Mm. And then season two showed us all his, more his fallibility instead of what he actually is capable of. And yeah, he does shine with the rebels, you know. Um, Granted, he couldn't do anything without Lex or Ebony, but he plays his part. He plays it well. You, You understand why they would stick by him during all of this. Yeah, it's just a usual problem with the tribe. I wish we had got more of it. It keeps like showing us and telling us that Bray is this great leader, but I mean, we get these glimpses, but not enough yeah. overall. <laughs> if you we, we finally get it, and then mm. the other one comes um, back. Yeah. You know, it's, um, but as for Ebony, I just her response felt super in character for her. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. her first instinct to go for okay, let's slap him across the face to get him moving again. Yeah, this is a hot yeah, take. It's, but I was just thinking, now, Bray didn't do much leadering in season one, even though Amber was like, it should be you. And he's like, Amber, it's obviously you. You know what I mean? You're already leading us. I don't want that. I'll help you. I'll be your support team, but I don't want to be the leader. And the only time he really steps up is when Amber's out of commission, you know, and he's doing it again as her support team. He's like, she needs time to get over the Sasha thing. We need to be there. Let's keep it together so that when she's ready, she can take up her mantle. He fought for her, you know. And then we see him in season two when he is now in that position. And we see him try. <laughs> he tries, but he's he's not good at it. He really isn't. He, he fails miserably despite how much effort he's putting in. And then um, here he is in season three, seems to be doing pretty good. And um, until the tail end of season three, he seems to lose that leadership mojo. And I was trying to think, what is the common denominator? (laughs) And and I was like, (laughs) isn't it strange that when on his, he's a better leader when he has to work with Ebony? (laughs) 
than he is with either of the loves of his life. Oh, see, I totally thought you were going to say it's when he's single. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he's on his own. What, he's not exactly on his own now. He's got Ebony right there as his, his you know, sergeant at arms. And he does take what she says into account and stuff. I just think it's interesting that Lexi Bray is at his best in leadership when he's working with Ebony than he was with Amber or Danny. Um, it's it's, more, it, it's more when, he, when he's working with a woman that he doesn't want to sleep with. No, no it, it, to be fair, it's because they're stronger leaders than he is. So it's just like he yeah. doesn't have to work as hard when they're around. I also wonder is it because he doesn't want to offend them, whereas he doesn't mind talking back to Ebony and saying, no, that's a stupid idea? Whereas. Trust. He's dating Amber and Danny, and he has to get into bed with them at night. And you know he's just going to be staring at the ceiling, going, "Why did I vote against her in the council meeting?" <laughs> Maybe it's trust. He trusted Amber. He believed in Amber. Yeah. So yeah, like let her take the lead. She's good at this. He trusted and loved Danny, so let her take the lead in this. And. He doesn't trust or love Ebony, you know, so he's willing to keep her in check. So maybe maybe that's what it has to do. If he can trust someone else to take the, the reins, he's fine with it, them doing that. Um, yeah, but I, I do wonder, though, because as was mentioned before, he was, you know, he did his part as a leader in season one when Amber wasn't able to. Barely. And then now. Come on, yeah, giving too much kind of, <laughs> kind of. But she wasn't able to back then and now amber isn't around but mentally for bray amber is around and he needs to get keep everything in perfect working order for her to return i think there's something there i mean also does he reply does he require a threat to activate like is he one of those people that only really works well in a crisis no so you had the virus no season no. two has proof no. of that no 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 I mean, his own niece was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. help him. I mean, um, Lex's life was threatened. And yeah, he but he didn't care choice. about Lex. Like. Yeah, but he had, to, he had to make a choice. Oh. Keep Lex alive or keep Trudy and Brady with him. And he and couldn't make a choice then. The tail end of season three. Is, yeah, he's just... Mm, <laughs> I don't think threats have anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just thought it was... Let's just say his leadership is very spotty. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just cu- I just thought it was curious that wow, he's actually doing a pretty decent job here and being the leader that Amber always saw in him. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, huh, this seems to be the only time Bray really steps up and is pretty decent at this leader thing, you know, and has a really good solid head on his shoulders. And uh, it doesn't he's not allowing himself to get distracted much. You know, I mean, at most he took what two days to pout about Amber leaving. You know, and hey, that's fair. You know, like, she's she let him think she was dead, swooped into his life for a week, and then disappeared again. Give the guy two days. You know, um, so I just thought it was an interesting, like, wow. I wonder what that's about, or maybe it just could be the writers wanting to showcase the female leaders they've got, and they're you know, you know, go against the grain because then in the other story, Bray would be the one who be making all the calls and be the strongest leader and all that stuff and maybe the tribe is like no we just want to go against the grain you know and it is interesting that the majority of the leaders tend to be women Mm -hmm. that's quite interesting i mean i know we've got the guardian we've got ram but i mean they're evil i don't count them (laughs) 
just it's cool you know because you have an yeah. equal number of when it comes to leadership in the tribe you ha- it's it's a yeah. egalitarian across the board you have an even number of female leaders to male leaders you know yeah we did a good job of that in we we get jet we get mars mm-hmm. alice yeah yeah ebony <laughs> just, yeah, there's a lot of representation it's really good and it's not just one type of female leader either it's not that oh, no, late yeah. 90s i'm a ass kicker i mean ebony but then on the other side of that you've got amber like you said you've got celine later on <laughs> and yeah it's uh it's very interesting um just to tie it back to the assassination attempt where was tyson shot in the back was she shot in the back? I thought. Was she? (laughs) (laughs) She has a a silly plaster on her head later on. It's like where exactly were you shot, Tyson? When I when I was looking at yeah, when I was looking at the scene, she throws herself in front of the guardian, so she takes the bolt to the back and she hits her head when she hit the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, She's lying on her back. (laughs) Yeah, they roll her over to the her side so they can you know see her vitals and stuff, but um. They're not very good about <laughs> expressing how badly she was injured or where she was injured, you know? No. Um, and yeah, it's like the only mark, they only mentioned the bump on her head. No one mentions the fact this girl took an arrow to the back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why th- they were concerned for her. Like, Yeah, but did it get stuck in her hair? Is that where it was? <laughs> <laughs> Would that hair still? Quite possibly. Because uh, like... <laughs> We just see her later on, just sitting up in bed. And it's like, okay, where, where exactly were you? Where did that arrow exactly go? Because I know, I know it's a kids' show, but like, come on, like you were hurt, supposedly gravely uh, injured, and I'm like, hmm, just this little plaster on your head. Really <laughs> got hit because Lex has to believe he shot his wife. You know what I mean? Ooh. Otherwise, it's like his whole angst about it killed her wouldn't make any sense if it. <laughs> It, she didn't get hit. She just fell. You know what I mean? Like it's like she clearly got hit. And yeah, it's, but why paper it over? Like okay, again, probably they were like, no, like we let you get away with stuff like blowing up pregnant teenage girls in season one, but we're not. You know, <laughs> we're watering down the injuries now. Oh. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, because the obvious thing to do there is have her get struck in the arm. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. it looks like it's a it's a body shot, but it's in her arm. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then she's just got to have the bandage, you know. That would work. But no one thought about that. No, <laughs> you can't have no. that. <laughs> what are details? <laughs> well, the details are so vague that her makeup is still uh, intact after the attack. Like she hasn't redone it because you you know, and it yeah, flawless. Flawless makeup application. And again, remember, she blew up too, and she looked fine. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have singed eyebrows. That girl didn't even have a sunburn. So, I mean, maybe that's just Tyson's superpower. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Well, maybe she's the one that needs to activate in a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that power she's been saving up since that one time she hit Zandra. She's supercharged. <laughs> Nothing can hurt her. She's fine. Everybody makes mistakes sometimes. Zoot does not. But you are not Zoot. You are only human, like the rest of us. Be careful what you say, Luke. But you won't admit that, will you? Oh, no. I am Zoot's guardian on Earth. If you doubt me, 
You doubt Zoot. I never said that. You don't have to. Get out! Get out of my sight! You are no longer fit to be my lieutenant. So yeah, just focusing on that part first of all, like, what did you make of this sudden rift between the two? Well, the Guardian's trying to blame Luke for everything that went wrong. Yeah, Even though was. he was warned that this would happen, and he said, no, yeah, it's fine. Ego. Yeah. Couldn't possibly be his bad judgment. Nothing is ever his fault. He's always had, he, I mean, we saw him doing it to Trudy every time something went wrong. He was very mm-hmm. quick to be like, you should have known that Bray was going to do what he did, rather than taking any responsibility for the fact that you put Bray in a position to address his tribe. You know what I mean? He convinced you too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that's just that all of that made perfect sense. And I don't feel this was sudden at all. We have been building to this, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it just finally popped off. Luke finally loses his temper enough to be like, wait, wait a second, dude, you are not blaming me for this. I told you one, not to take mm-hmm. Tyson as the Supreme mother. I told you not to do this out there for Pete's sake. She told you that she saw a vision of you being killed. Like, Come on, dude. We all told you this was a bad idea. You're not putting this on me. I think it works because Luke has been ramping up with his frustrations with the Guardian and not trusting him anymore. So I love that this is the first time he even questions, mm-hmm. does Zoot even talk to you? You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, and just, it made sense that Luke, you've been waiting for him to finally just lose it. And he's still even calm when he does it, you know, and um, yeah, I, I, I just worked for me that it was going to happen. And after something like this, this was it, the, the timing works. Uh, the emotions are really heightened, and what these two have been going through, and what Luke has been hearing this man say, and do, seeing what he does, and just that frustration and his conflict of emotions. Yeah, I just wonder what's going through the Guardian's mind. You can see the panic behind his eyes that the one person he had who believed in this enough to do everything that the Guardian wanted done is questioning him and his instinct, his knee jerk reaction is to get rid of him. But it's like, he can't do what he did with Trudy, you know? So it's like, how do you really get rid of Luke? What are you going to do? Like, I'm surprised he didn't plan on executing Luke. I think Mm. that's interesting. I think there's another element as well, which they didn't touch on in the writing, but I would like to touch on now. Their mind immediately goes to rebels, but with Trudy having essentially been, with Tyson mm-hmm. replacing Trudy as the Supreme Mother, are all of the Chosen on board with this? Could it potentially have been a angry Chosen with a crossbow? Would have been a very awesome if they had even bothered to explore how the other Chosen really feel about what's going on. If yeah. they'd ever bothered to explore the other tribes in the city and how they're affected by the Chosen rule. But the world has been shrunk down to five mall rats in the mall, some random novices around. I guess there's city life happening. It's just the Chosen and the Rebels. Nobody else exists in their little world anymore. It's the same as the Rebels immediately assuming that the new Supreme Mother would have to be someone they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. that's the way they've written it so that nothing, no other possibilities could exist because they ignore any of those other possibilities existing in the world. And it would have been cool if they had included the suspicion that this could have been an angry chosen, you know, <laughs> pissed off. Like, no, Trudy, that's not my Supreme Mother, you know what I mean? Like, Trudy's my Supreme Mother or something, mm-hmm. you know? I would have loved to see that. I mean, two things. 
how cool would it have been if the new supreme mother had been Danny? <laughs> I would probably and, have died laughing. And the other thing is, I think there's a reason why we don't see many chosen. I think it's because they've got four robes and they have to alternate them. <laughs> it's laundry day. No more chosen. Actually, Danny, that would have been a cool way to bring Danny back. Like, we know she was taken, and it was assumed that she was killed. But what if this is when you found out that she actually was, you know, converted wherever she was, and that's who they brought back? That would have been pretty cool. That would have been something I could have get on board with, with what we get in the upcoming two seasons after this. I mean, they had interesting technology that could have helped Mm. brainwash Danny. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Are we adding this to a missed opportunity spreadsheet? Has anyone got that? That should just be the show's tagline <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the tribe, a missed opportunity. <laughs> but I, I just, I like this confrontation between Jaffa and Luke, and um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, Luke, go at it. I, I, I feel your frustration. I'm sick of this guy. I can't believe that you've put up with him as long as you have. And let him. And he could have done said so much more. And uh, yeah, I like the consistency of the guardian reacting to having his hypocrisy and his failures, you know, mm-hmm. held up to him in the same way. He throws a tantrum. He throws a dolly out of the pram. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Every time. And Luke, yeah, you're no different. Um, this is how everybody gets treated by him. You have to be a sycophant, or you are an enemy. And uh, I I do truly like that. Luke goes for maybe this was Zoot's way of telling you that this was wrong. Mm. Yeah. It's just a, such a shame, like all you you all mentioned, like if we had gotten that pro Trudy segment of The Chosen, this would have had a lot more power and meaning behind it. But it's just like, just dropped it yeah, so then, badly. Mm-hmm. Then you are dealing with real chaos because you've got the rebels on one side, you've got the chosen breaking into factions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the guardians just up in his tower with Tyson freaking out constantly and paranoid about everyone, and that could add to his instant Uh, action Mm -hmm. of getting rid of Luke because I don't trust any of my chosen anymore, and Mm. especially since these guys don't actually, it doesn't actually cause problems for the rebels in general, like. They're not followed, they're not found, they're not threatened in any way by what just happened. So having the Chosen actually not be sure who did this, I think would have just added to it. Who do we go after? We don't even know who did this, you know, Mm -hmm. and just adds that tension. And I think it would have added to the breakdown that's about to happen, you know, instead of like surprising us with, oh, the Chosen are falling apart. And it's like, we'd be prepared for it because we'd be like... Yeah, of course they are. We've been watching them. Massive rift, yeah. (laughs) Slowly fall apart, and they definitely could have started with Trudy's impending execution. Of you know, um, instead we're kind of stuck just assuming. I guess that was starting to happen, but I just don't think it works very well because we're stuck with the chosen. So we should see it. If we weren't with the chosen, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you could get away with not showing us that and just imply it was happening behind the scenes. Like implying that Jaffa was a loco with Luke, mm. and after Zoot disappeared, he eventually left. He didn't want to follow Ebony. But because we weren't following the locos, it's okay. You know what I mean? We didn't have to see that. It's easily implied. But we are following the Chosen. 
you should be showing us this stuff. And I think an easy fix with that is we've seen that there is chosen graffiti all over the city. An easy insert scene is just to have some graffiti and then a city kid defacing it, Mm -hmm. which is something they wouldn't have done at the start of the series. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing it now. And that's a kind of shorthand for saying, oh, there's unrest in the city. People are starting to say, maybe the chosen can be toppled. That would have been so interesting to see. Seeing where, you know, Tyson is shot, you know, you could have had unrest in some of the crowd, you know, yeah. instead of everybody there in the crowd being like, yeah, this is great. Have, you know, some dissent in the crowd. And, you know, that has to be taken care of. You know what I mean? It would really add the suspense of who the frick was trying to shoot him. Who shot her? Was she always the intended target? Yeah, we, the audience, know the truth. But Jaffa wouldn't. No. Yeah. Also explain why he decides to blow everybody up. You know what I mean? Like, the paranoia is real. (laughs) And it happens doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That sort of... People are starting to break out of the cult. What do I do? I want to maintain it for as long as possible. I know. I'll make sure everyone kills themselves along with me. So it's that mindset. Mm -hmm. But no, I really like the idea that you had, Liz, about having some upheaval within the crowd because, yeah, it's a great shorthand for, for what is happening. And also, I suppose you could also say, we've seen the Chosen and they're ruling things with an iron fist. I mean, they're even harder than when the locos were arranged. You can't seem to get away from the chosen. They're everywhere. It's like they can see everything you do. Even maybe they know what you're thinking. But in this situation where they had the guardian, they had his lieutenant. I refuse to call it lieutenant. It's lieutenant to me. (laughs) (laughs) They also had the new supreme mother when the security should have been. No one is getting Mm -hmm. in that pass. No one's getting without a Yan, yeah, a Brady, a Yan, you know. But no, they were out in the open. No one was watching their backs and they were sitting ducks and somebody took a shot. Imagine if it had been Brady. I would have personally killed Lex, I guess. Um. Full of a great conversation that could have been greater if what had led up to it had been more thorough. Mm. I was just thinking, like, just having, just we didn't have to even see a lot of it, just having the notion of that rift would have just made, for me anyway, that the, the sudden introduction of the Praetorian Guards make even more sense mm. to protect Jaffa and his view yeah. of the Chosen. But it, it, it's so odd, though, because apparently those Chosen are everywhere and have an opinion on people being drunk and disorderly, but we never see them. No. Why on earth arrest someone like Ned for being drunken, for being an idiot on the street, basically? Since when do they have that power? Well, we know they've been insanely inconsistent on how thorough or powerful the Chosen are. In one scene, we see the Mallrats have free reign of them all. There's nobody watching them. They're doing whatever the frick they want. And in the next scene, we see these guys are going to villages and taking pregnant women. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we'll destroy your tribe if you don't send all your pregnant ladies with us. And it's like, it can't be both. It it Mm -hmm. really can't be both of these things. Mm -hmm. If you want to show that the Chosen are stretched thin, I don't think the mall is a great example of that. Like, it's literally their headquarters. That should be the one place 
that they've got their ducks in a row. <laughs> but I don't believe they have control of the city when they don't have control of the mall. Yeah, I think they addressed that better in series four when they when the Technos take over Ebony's Palace. And mm-hmm. I think you do feel like there are more Technos in the headquarters than you do with the Chosen. Yeah, yeah. it's so sad that even though we only ever meet five Technos, they I do a better job of making us believe these guys are everywhere, watching everything. They've also got the cameras as well. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not there, someone somewhere yeah, is watching the monitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Just waltzing in and out of your mall, you know, ordering people to work. Like, you believe that, <laughs> geez, these guys are everywhere. They're like rodents, you know? Yeah, but you've got to find those extra chosen robes, whereas the technos, they're just in lycra and some combat trousers. <laughs> See, with the chosen, their problem was they stuck to just the, the blue robes. Well, they should have done what they did in season two. They had all kinds, they had Skittles, multicolored mm-hmm. robes. Yeah. And they needed to do that because, yeah, they found 12 robes in a costume shop. And it's like that should have been just the most important chosen. And then, of course, you'd have yeah. the other tiers and different colors. And then you would have been a lot easier to scatter them about. Yeah. And you could have thought up a believable system of which rank had what color. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mighty Zoot, preserve the Supreme Mother. Save her. Save her, mighty Zoot. Alright, so the Guardian asks Zoot to save Tysan before visiting her, thanking her for what she did and apologising for ignoring her warning before disturbing her with his vision for the future, which is the Chosen's victory over the whole world and their immortality. I mean, yeah, no surprises, but yeah, what did you, how did you react to the crystal ball scene and what you make of the Guardian's mental state? So the crystal ball scene was giving me 1960s, a clockwork orange style filmmaking. There was a show in this country called The Avengers, which isn't that Avengers. We're not talking superheroes. And it was in the 1960s. And honestly, a lot of the shots when they wanted to show something's not quite right, hallucinogens may be involved. This is the sort of shot we're getting. So I did like that. It's a nice visual that he's not in his right mind um, because it's just so off-putting and it's oddly humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel like they stay on it too long where it complete farce. I, I do think it's a good visual of the fact that this guy is out of his freaking mind and he's panicking and Zoot has never spoken to him, you know, and he's believing his delusion that Zoot does simply because he always wanted to be Zoot's boyfriend at some point in time and created a religion so he could pretend he had a relationship with this guy, you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, I do like that shot. Even if it's a little goofy, I get the point of the shot. At least I hope it had a purpose. I want to give them credit that this shot had a purpose, you know, that that's why they chose to film him that way before pulling the, to a different camera, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like Tysan is falling into the same trap that Luke has fallen into. Her purpose was to help her friends, save people, stop the Guardian's path. So she committed to this role, even with her misgivings. You know, she's created discord with the man she loves. um, And she's even doubting herself, but she's like, nope, I got to do this. And listening to him... She's got to convince herself 
that he's close to being fixed, that she's going to succeed. Because otherwise, everything she did was for nothing, which is Luke's problem. Same thing, you know. Um, I do think she's disturbed, but she's going to choose denial because she needs to believe he can be saved to justify, you know, her path, what she chose to do to try and fix things, you know. Otherwise, it's like, I did all that for nothing. Most of us don't want to ever admit that. This also feels very in character for Tyson, where she's got herself in a situation where she thought she can control it and understood what was going on. And it's much deeper and darker than she initially thought it was. And of course, we talked about, you know, after her failed attempts at fixing Lex, only mm. to see Alice succeed later, probably had a huge impact on her not wanting to give up on Jaffa. You know, because uh, she, like you said, she gave up on Lex, figured he was unfixable. There was no getting through to him. And then somebody else proved to her he was. And Tyson's the one who benefited from it. You know, so you have that also coloring some of her choices, not wanting to give up on this person. And Alice never gave up on her, despite how hard, you know, she tried to get Alice to leave her alone. But she never did. And uh, Tyson was the better for it because this person didn't give up on her. So there's just a lot likely uh, motivating her to have to believe that he can be brought back from the brink. I'd also say with the Guardian's mental state. So if the Guardian truly believes that Suit is talking through KC and now Tysan has had a vision that came to pass. Mm -hmm. It feels like the only person who Suit isn't talking to is the Guardian. What Luke said, dude. <laughs> you're you're yes, jealous. Exactly. He talks to everybody but you. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if that's also playing into this because that scene is straight after, almost straight after this one. So I'm wondering when he's looking into the crystal ball, there's also a part of desperation, like, please just talk to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want Luke to be right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that definitely plays a part. Yeah, no, I do. That plays a part in this, well, further mental breakdown. Do when you fall in love with a legend you created for yourself mm. and it's being fractured. You know, like, what do you do at that point? You double down. A lot of people double down, yeah. you know, and that's mm -hmm. what Jaffa's doing. Doubling down. Hardcore. Where once, I, you know, I think the Chosen could have disbanded and Jaffa would have taken it on the chin, you know, mm -hmm. back in the beginning when he didn't even really believe in it. He was just like, look, people need something to believe. I got these kids to listen to me. I get to fantasize about the relationship I never had with Martin, you know, and but now it's like he got to live the dream of that fantasy coming true and created a world where everyone knows he and Zoot were, they were tight, you know? And yep. even after death, Zoot talks to him, you know, he created this mythos and fell in love with it. And now it's like falling apart. What does that mean? You know? And yeah, I guess he's supposed to be a teenager. Uh, so, <laughs> Jeez. Dude, Chaffa, he's just not that into you. Okay. All right, let's okay. Let's just get this stupid, silly scene out of the way first, because <laughs> I've got nothing to say about it. Tally and Andy use Casey's weighted dice to scam some of the chosen novices, but are discovered by the guards. When they reveal that the dice belong to Casey, they try to arrest him until he tells them that he is Zoot's oracle. Okay, panel. 
ignoring the fact that we have <laughs> slaves gambling against chosen novices and that we have chosen members that no one actually seems to know that KC is Zoot's actual oracle. Like, mm-hmm. do, do any of these scenes with these scams, do you enjoy any of it or is it just completely pointless? It's no. pointless. I don't enjoy them. I also don't enjoy Andy or Tally. <laughs> when I think of how useful these three kids are and this is what you have them doing, I, I hate everything about these two scenes. I don't care mm. about Tally and Andy outwitting Casey. You already established that so we would know how clever these kids are. Now do something with it. Do something useful with it. Now that you've established that they are clever to the point yeah. that they can outwit our little Casey, who we already know was clever. Now do something with it that's useful or relevant to the plot. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this stuff. And I don't... I. It doesn't matter to me that they get caught doing something not supposed to because the rules are arbitrary in this place. (laughs) You can't have scenes where suddenly there are these massive rules where they do inspections and they make you empty your pockets and they need to see what you have on them. And then just openly have them in the middle of the fountain gambling with whoever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and it matters like, oh, my gosh, who do these dice belong to? Are Tally and Andy going to get in trouble? Are they going to turn on Casey? Is Casey? I don't care it doesn't matter okay and no it makes no sense they don't know what casey's the oracle like what the frick Mm -hmm. why is the oracle still hanging out with the slaves i hate all of it i hate it i hate it i hate it why hasn't the oracle got a uniform why couldn't they have given him a novice outfit why can't it like do they miss meetings the other chosen when they're not in the robes when the robes are being used by someone else when they have downtime, do they not get any information from the person who gives them back the rope? By the way, Katie, the little kid with the green hair, is now in the Oracle of Zoot. That's what they should have made Ellie do as slave labor. <laughs> Write pamphlets for the stupid chosen, but they probably can't read anyway, so... But they can hear uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I said that and then I remembered. Sometimes I can <laughs> Just Guardian even spoke to his oracle about anything. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it every time they try to establish the stuff. Like, it's so inconsistent. Especially this. Casey was supposed to be on that stage with the Supreme Mother. And that was supposed to be mandatory for Old Chosen to watch. How on earth didn't they see him then? Maybe he just said he had a bad vibe. It just, it's dumb. I hate it. It's pointless. It serves no purpose. It's redundant. It's a waste of our time. And it's clear they didn't know what to do with these characters. If they had given us any evidence, or poor slaves were so badly treated, starving and everything, they could have given the kids something to do by making them con the guards into giving them food. Sure. Mm-hmm. But this is just, it, it makes no sense. It has no use. These kids have no real purpose here. Even in season two, when they have to find something for, like, say, Casey and the girls to do, even if it seems a little meaningless, it actually is part of their world building. We see the Mm. kids taking advantage of the place Mm -hmm. the Marats hold in the city. It is making a statement that even the most innocent of the mall rats are willing to take advantage of a system that benefits solely them. You know what I mean? So even though it seems like mindless busy work for the kids to do, mm-hmm. it's relevant to the entire plot. 
Like this is what they would do with this kind of power. It's character building. It tells you who they are, how far they would take their power, you know, and that they're able to do this because the mall rats are the ones calling the shots against everybody. They can scam people. They can screw them over and get the things they want. This is not what they're doing with Tally, Andy, and Casey. They're not even using Casey's place as the Oracle as a plot point that matters. It, it doesn't, you know? And, ah. I would add to that as well, Liz. I would also add to that that it feels in season one, before they ever had any power, that the children, Chloe, Patsy, and Casey, ran semi-wild a lot of the time. One day they're dressing up as princesses and pretending to have a shop. The next day they've stolen a cane. Mm -hmm. And it feels very much just bored children with no parental guidance and nothing to do. However, I would say with Andy and Tally, it feels like they're just bodies. They're just meant to be there because the demographics say we do need some younger kids and also we need some more people in the mall because there are so few people in there now. <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that. They are seat warmers at the Oscars. That's who they are. Can't yeah. argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a shame because yeah. they have so much potential. And you've already set up how clever and useful these kids could actually yeah. be. And nope, I have yeah. to watch them do this crap that I don't care about at all. I'm also going to ask, does, do any of us actually believe that Ned is their brother? No, I, I, I've argued this before. No, but <laughs> well, I went on a complete tirade about the casting of Ned. Mm -hmm. Like, I do not understand. Like, I, I was telling the others, I get why some of the characters are played by older actors, okay? Mm. But Ned doesn't need to be, and it makes no sense how he got this role looking as old as he does compared to the actual teenage performers. Like, I don't know the purpose of getting a guy who looks like he's 30 to play their older brother. Less age difference with Alice. It's just... No, it's so unnecessary. It makes no sense. It's just, yeah. And it's a shame because I like that actor, but. Yeah, but we missed out on having Jermaine Clement. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the worst part of this. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't care for the scene at all. It's a waste of my time, Lance. I had a row with the Guardian. What? No, you, you can't leave the Chosen. You can't leave me. What will I do without you? You manage. No, I won't. I, I need you. You're the kindest and nicest and best person in there. I couldn't bear to lose you now. I'll be right here, Celine. You're going to forget all about me. No, I won't. Okay, so I'm just going to leave this to you to try and make sense of this. So Luke has left the Chosen. So he's not even just stepped down to a lower Chosen member. He's completely left them and has changed his outfit and is now taken up a room in the mall, which seems to be a hotel. And he's just allowed to do that. Um, and he still thinks he's going to stop the Guardian. I mean, just please explain it to me because it makes no sense. Mm. First off, why does Luke still have his old clothes? Weren't they supposed to get rid of everything from the old times when they joined the Chosen? Is it like when you leave prison and you get a bag of mm -hmm. your old clothes, the things that you wore when you went into prison, and then they give it back to you? 
that's what it feels like. This for Luke. His outfit does look like any whatever he could grab, whatever he could find when he had to give up his chosen uh, ensemble. Um, I don't know what they wear under those robes. I mean, Trudy seemed to be the only one who had clothes under her robes. You know what I mean? Like everyone else, I just picture them wearing boxer shorts. <laughs> but no, no, uh, no, free, full kilt style. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say his outfit does have that look about it. Like it's so kind of ridiculous that it just seems like it was whatever he could grab. I do think maybe the costume designer had a purpose in his outfit. Notice he's still wearing all blue mm. um, to speak to the fact that he still believes in the chosen. He just doesn't believe in Jaffa, you know, and so they wanted to show that allegiance to the, the actual religion. He still has it, but he's been cast out of the order. He's now figuring in. out something. And um, yeah, I don't know why. He, I guess you could say he's stuck around because he's got that thing for Ellie and he does want to salvage the Chosen because he could have literally mm -hmm. just walked out of the mall and he is not completely disenchanted. Like I said, he just doesn't believe in Jaffa anymore and he still wants to salvage the Chosen. So this should I have been allowed. <laughs> no, I agree. It, should, it makes no sense that he's allowed to be there. He shouldn't have been allowed to just... Stay in the mall. <laughs> that does seem he, strange. My question is, is he now a prisoner? Right, yeah. it's never, it's it's never that's <laughs> established. That would have made sense, you know? If, if they had decided, okay, he's no longer one of us, he's now a prisoner. Sure, but he can still walk around freely right now, and it's very odd. Picks up a robot across from the baby. Yeah. He is the only one of the slaves who has a room upstairs. Like, it mm -hmm. makes no sense that Jaffa would keep him around. Like, he doesn't even give orders of what's supposed to happen to Luke. He just says, no. get out of my sight. Yeah, and you're just going to let him run free to run his mouth to anybody? You tried to kill Trudy when she became a threat to you. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that you don't think Luke is a threat. You're just going to let him wander the place? Like, how dumb is Jaffa supposed to be at this point? So, Luke... Luke choosing to stick around makes sense to me, but him being allowed to stick around doesn't, especially when it's not even, like, it's not even stated what his role is anymore. He, he's not been told, we've not, we're not being told that he's a slave, that he's a captive, no. mm. he's a prisoner, you know, he's just not a chosen anymore. So it's like, well, where do you think he went after you threw him out of your office, Jaffa? Did you have a plan for him? He's not even being guarded. <sighs> Also, did he get a token for them? Mm -hmm. Is it a token system? So you get you hand in your token, you get your old clothes back, like at the swimming pool. I I just hate this whole thing. I just and it's, it's their own fault because this whole situation in the mall hasn't been handled well at all. And this is this just makes it even worse. The only thing I can say for Luke staying in is that it's probably the safest safest choice for him. Because there are people out there who would recognize him, and those against the Chosen would probably just get him alive. That's true. But then you're saying the power in the, in the city is... I mean, no. no. <laughs> I do wonder if the rebels found out that Luke had crossed over and was now living in the mall as just some guy who lives there, if their thought wouldn't have been, let's try and get him out of the mall so that... 
we can pump him for information, get him to join. And I know Ellie kind of does. She does try to do that. She tries to mm-hmm. get him to, to join the rebels. But I'm just thinking Pride should have thought, oh, I know, I could get Brady and Luke. Yeah, but he doesn't care for Luke right now. No, but I'm just thinking in terms of strategy for the rebels. Oh. So not in terms of their likes and dislikes, but in terms of having someone like that who knows all of the gameplay that is going to go down. And potentially the other storyline that they didn't pick up for this, which I think was kind of annoying, is that you've got another pillar that you could pull away from the Chosen, which mm-hmm. is, as you said, Luke is still believes in suit he still does he still believes in the chosen ideology but it has been corrupted by the guardian who now is just doing whatever he wants whenever he wants and you can't tell me that there are not chosen guards and people who've worked with luke that he couldn't say actually that is incorrect what he's saying mm-hmm. is wrong, and I am now speaking the true gospel of Zoot. And that works for the rebels, because if there's no true gospel of Zoot and you've got these two factions tearing themselves apart, they're doing the work for you. That would be good writing, honey. <laughs> oh, can you see the gloriousness of that? If, if we would have had Luke and Trudy and that baby out of there. Yeah. I just, I think this was a waste in many ways. I mean, again, it had to go this way. It was always going to go this way. They set this up for Luke and Jaffa to go this way. But yeah, they have so much potential here and they do not capitalize on it. And as for strategy, there has been very little strategy in this entire season. Like there's been very little long-term thinking of how to methodically work out a plan Mm. and follow through. And I'm just, I wish they had done more with Luke himself. Like, as you said, he could be talking with other Chosen. We know he's, he establishes what his goal is, is to save the Chosen, to rescue them from Jaffa. But then he isn't going to actually do anything with that motive. It, it's You know what I mean? Like he's not actually mm-hmm. working towards talking to the other Chosen and like turning it, get them to turn against Jaffa or try to dethrone Jaffa. He's going to wallow around and it's like, this was just a waste in so many ways. I mean, he'll get one moment later, but yeah, it's, it's all weird. And as for Celine, I mean, I, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> once again, surprised. once again, Celine cares nothing for another person's problems, what they're feeling, what they're going through. Uh, clearly, Luke is in a bad headspace when she waltzes mm. in. And all she can think about is, what about me if you're not there? Who's going to take, you're supposed to stay with me. And he's just like, bish, I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I mean? Like, chill, you know? Um, I, I, I'm just like, oh, Celine. Oh, you sad little thing. And you're just wandering around with the divine child. There's no guards around. I, I just, uh. Oh, that's I, another I, thing. That annoys I think, me. I think it's well acted. Like, I love her panic at mm. realizing mm-hmm. that she's lost another anchor and it does say something that it's not enough that Luke is still in the mall to take care of her. It's that he doesn't have the power of a chosen to take care of her. That's interesting Mm -hmm. because that's her panic. You're not a chosen anymore. Who's going to take care of me within the chosen. 
So I, I thought that was interesting. That was their same response when she found out Trudy was going to be executed. Who's going to look after me? You know, when she should just be grateful, Luke is still there, you know, mm -hmm. and is still willing to look after her and be there and support her emotionally. But he doesn't have any power. So she's just like in despair about it. And it's, is there a more, I, I don't even think Ebony's as selfish as this. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how selfish this girl actually really, really is. Um You've now made me wonder if that was why she panicked about Tysan becoming Supreme Mother. Because she knows Tysan wouldn't take care of her. I think that's right, you know what I mean? Because, again, I don't think she should know Tysan would have never done anything to screw her over. And would have certainly made sure that she still had extra rations or anything like that. Nah, I just, they've done a really terrible job with Celine's headspace and her descent into the Chosen. The only thing they've kept consistent is that... Celine's main concern in life is Celine. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to villainize her for it, but it's the only thing that's been truly consistent about her is that she's the only one that truly matters. Her care and what's going to happen to her is the only thing that truly matters in life. Everybody else is just, you know, they're a bonus, but at the end of the day, she will always pick herself. Mm. And Luke was too, too exasperated to really deal with her. <laughs> It's just like, I'm having a bad day, okay? My faith is being challenged. <laughs> Celine, come on, cut me a break. With Celine, who again is another lost opportunity in so many ways, I'm curious. Now, before she wasn't willing, she wasn't ready to complete the fifth, sixth, whatever the circles were, mm -hmm. um, and complete her training, you know, um, when Luke told her, you're ready, you know all this stuff. She wasn't ready to do it because it would be a conflict for she and Ryan. She wasn't ready to burn mm -hmm. the bridge with Ryan. And then Ryan was gone. So the only thing she has to think about is she and her baby. And yet she still doesn't bother to complete her chosen whatever. And then she loses the baby. And she still doesn't bother to complete her chosen training. Why? Why hasn't she? If her concern, as we can see in this scene, is having... The protection of the chosen, okay? And she panics because the one person in the chosen she trusted and depended on is no longer a chosen. Celine, why haven't you gone full chosen yet? What has stopped you? Mm -hmm. Ryan's been gone for ages. What has stopped you from saying, I will do this, give me my robe, and then you won't be in the slave pit anymore and you'll have full protection of the chosen? Why did they drop the ball so hard with her character? Mm. And that, because that actually would have made sense that a higher-ranking Chosen would be looking after the Divine Child. We can't have that making sense. More respect, if that's what she chose to do. I would. I totally would. Because it would at least show some intelligence on her part. You know? And it would be some consistency in what's motivating her. You know? If, if it's protection and safety. Like, what would be safer than joining these guys fully? Rather than teetering in the middle somewhere. You, you, she has nobody she believes cares about her in the mall so it's not like who cares if she abandons the rest of her tribe she even said there's no tribe left there's nothing she's holding on to so why mm -hmm. is she still wearing a yellow robe why hasn't she gone full chosen i mean we know why casey didn't we know why may didn't <laughs> they never believed it in the first place they were just trying to save their skin but they want us to believe that you know celine actually believes in this stuff what has stopped her I'm going full chosen mm. to get that protection. Not enough robes. Not enough <laughs> robes. <laughs> it's true. May's not even wearing one anymore. <laughs> 
No, and and we had May. May was wearing a cloak at the point that used to be Trudy's. She's you know, pretty mother's handmaiden. Why isn't she wearing a robe? Mm-hmm. Or even at least her novice thing. Like, what the? I mean, great. I know she wants to look good for pride, but she's still got to wear the robe. It's so nonsensical that the Oracle doesn't have a uniform. I, and they, they all wander and mingle together. I. It's hard yeah. to care when it's this messy. Because you feel like the mm. writers didn't care. You feel like the creator didn't care. It's just dumped in a blender and served to you. And you're just like, what is this? Everything that was in the kitchen. (laughs) But what is it? (laughs) What is in this plate? Okay, yeah, let's move on to uh, other things we don't care for. Oh, big words. Save it for the chosen. What are you talking about? Come on, get up. We've got to start preparing. What for? For the revolt. Revolt? Are you off your trolley? Look, the chosen are falling apart. We've got to get ready to strike. Get out of here. But the, the... The rebels, they made the first move. We've got to stand by to join in. No way, Jose. We've got to stick together, work together. It's the only way we can defeat the Chosen. See, uh, just thinking about when you originally watched it, did you think that this was actually the turning point in the whole Chosen storyline? Why did they continue to make Ned so insufferable? Uh, What do you make of Luke's continued belief in the Chosen? Like the conversation between Luke and Ellie, I like that revelation because you think okay, this is the breaking point and Luke is going to join the quote-unquote good guys and take down the Chosen. And then he hits you with this, I still believe in it. And I was like, that actually makes more sense. His belief hasn't fully been shattered. It's just his belief in Jaffa has. I like that. It's kind of a kick to the gut, especially if you're Ellie, you know, who's been rooting for this guy to get it together and stop believing in this. But at this point, she'll take what she can get. Fine, help us get rid of Jaffa. That's that's at least a start, you know. So I actually do like that. Instead of just having Luke be like, oh, well, I don't believe in the Chosen anymore because I had a fight with my leader, you know. Instead, it's like, no, I believe the Chosen could be great. I still believe in what... Because it, it speaks to his uh, his need to still believe that the Chosen, everything he's done to be a Chosen, all the bad, all the death, is justified and you wouldn't give that up easily you know it's a lot easier to focus his anger at jaffa like uh, i think you said tanzan it's been perverted by jaffa chosen itself is still a good thing even though we killed a lot of people <laughs> it's jaffa it's he's the problem you know not what we believe is the problem i thought that's that's a nice insight and a real human moment i don't know why the scene with Alice and Ned exist other than to just keep trying to sell us on the idea that she'd actually fall in love with this man (sighs) Um, I don't even know why she'd ask him to participate like what has this man shown you in the time he's been here that he would be any use to you or that you could trust him at all to help out like why are you wasting your energy this inf- actually infuriates me really sorry let me just get this off my chest this really infuriates me because at this point they must know now that they are going to set up a storyline for alice and ned and you are still making him to be this awful really awful individual and you want us to believe that alice truly head over hill falls for him and will go into such a depressive state when he dies you are trying to put put that on us to make us believe this and this is the still the thing that you're giving us for ned Really. To be fair to to Ned, though, 
why would he do anything in this situation? He's getting fed. He can walk around the mall. Why would he want the chosen gone? He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> oh, so stupid. <laughs> I mean, as Liz and Sabine and yourself so well pointed out, they, they've got it. Like, Ned has got it made. He has to do nothing. Everything is done for him by the Chosen. He's fed. He's watered. He can sleep as noisily as he wants. He's living the dream. Mm-hmm. But then, then this is the thing. You keep telling us that Luke, that, that Ned likes his freedom and blah, blah, blah. But then like, well, you can't have it both ways. Like, does he like his freedom? Does he care about his, 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 his slipping siblings? Like, what is it? Like, well, to be fair. What is it about Ned? <laughs> even if we say yeah he cares about his siblings within the setting he's in now he doesn't have to worry about these kids being fed because they're fed Mm. there's at least that so many opportunities to give us some insight to ned like i could appreciate if in this okay remember how lex only ever showed his vulnerabilities in private Mm -hmm. he didn't care if the whole group hated him but he would have these small moments sometimes with Zandra or Ryan where you would get some insight into how vulnerable he actually feels in the world and his reasonings for why he does certain things because he's just looking to protect himself from getting hurt now it didn't make him more likable it made him more human and well-rounded so that you understood why Lex was such a tool you know what I mean they could have been doing things like that with Ned to show there is more to this guy so that when he does reveal those things out loud to Alice, we believe them. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, yeah, because we've been seeing that, you know, but they don't really give Ned a reason for why he does the things he does other than I'm insufferable. That's my role. That's why I was hired play this part just to be the most obnoxious person in the room because we don't want to hate Celine anymore. We want to refocus your attention on another hated character. (laughs) And it's like this stuff could have worked where Ned is publicly just the worst, but private moments with his brother and sister where he actually shows his vulnerability or his care for them or his concern. Remember we talked about when he is able to leave them all and then comes back because he's, you know, arrested. What if that had always been his mm-hmm. route? He'd always planned to come back for his siblings. He just was trolling the mall rats because he knew they wanted to get rid of him. If you expressed that, if we, the audience, knew mm-hmm. that, he would be far more interesting. And we'd at least understand what motivates him. But they just do this. They make him horrible. Horrible. We don't. We, we get nothing. Until finally we start to get these stupid asinine moments with, with Alice. And you're like, it makes no sense that Alice would give him the time of day at this point. It's it's really bad. I, I don't think there is a worse romance like in the show's history. where it, not, it, it just doesn't make sense for one. It's grotesque to watch. You know, I, I don't think you could assassinate... Alice's character anymore and then you have her fall for this guy I, mm. I'm at a loss for where they were what they were going for with this who thought this was funny they don't <sighs> even have any chemistry oh I mean you can excuse a lot with good chemistry and I think the writing is meant to be that she's attracted to him or that they're always arguing with each other and it's meant to be that sort of will they won't they but you're so right there is absolutely none of that in this 
and it is it's just grotesque <laughs> bye Alice following for someone like him mm. you'd have to do something really traumatizing for her like break her down okay for example you guys know I didn't like Danny and I didn't believe and she embraced love but at least I understand why he latched onto her his girlfriend just caught fire on a mountain you know what I mean and he's desperate to cling to anything you know like, at least I understood that attachment that desperate attachment he had to her I will never understand what brought Alice and Ned together when this is what you have him doing nope. all the time. She is just as feisty as she's always been. She's useless, but she's still as feisty. She doesn't take your crap. Why? What? Why would you even bother engaging with this guy, Alice? Why? Does somebody hate Alice in the writer's room, though? Absolutely. Because, as you said, yeah. Because we've had the Ellie storyline where she's essentially pimping at her sister to the enemy. And then mm. we've got this storyline. Really? What happened? I don't know what happened. <laughs> did you make her too competent? It's like, did you make her too yeah. competent? And then it was like, crap. Mm -hmm. If we keep writing her that way, they wouldn't still be in the mall. So <laughs> I don't know what happened. Complete assassination. Like, yeah. <laughs> someone, someone decided that a girl like Alice can't have nice things. She's not allowed to have nice things. So she can't have a decent relationship with anyone. Mm. But it's, it's, it's not even like, it's not like Trudy when they're like, they're like oh, we're definitely not going to have a, make her have a good relationship with anyone. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> we're going to completely trash Alice in season three. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. It's odd. Dumps all over her character. Just mm. one after another. And I'm, so confused as to why you made one of the most beloved characters in the fandom mm. she mm. shined all through season two and then this and it's just like i don't know what happened here i don't get this at all she has been out of character the entire season and then you want us to buy that she'll fall in love with him <laughs> <laughs> sorry this makes me wonder if vanessa got someone annoyed at her and they decided to torture her with bad writing for her character. I mean, don't, don't they uh, tend to write people out though? We have seen that happen. This has been the entire season. This isn't like, okay, in the third yeah. act, like, yeah. oh crap, Suddenly, she's going to yeah. be leaving. So we need to prepare to get her out of here or something. She's been like this since the start of season three. Yeah, the <sighs> whole season. <laughs> this feels more like we want her to quit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, I mean, with how badly, with how dirty they did her character, not doing this. Stand what happened? This I don't, I don't get what happened at all. I think you raised good points, both you and Sabine, though, that she is too competent. She's too competent to be with the rebels. She's too competent to keep in them all. Is it is it a case of they just didn't know what to do with her and they had to have the Luke-Ellie relationship without Ellie looking too bad? Mm -hmm. I, again, I just I think mm. there are better ways to go about getting Ellie into the Luke situation without having her sister be completely out of character and just sell her, mm. you know, to their prisoner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, again, I we were actually discussing other ways that, those conversations could have happened like it might have it could have been ellie's idea because she's the headstrong one and tends to jump mm. in without looking and it comes you know it comes up as what if i did this 
And then, of course, Alice argues against it. Like, no way. You could get into, you would be in danger. I don't want those guys near you. They're gross, whatever. They're evil. And, you know, Ellie has to break her sister down on it. And, you know, like Alice has no choice but to support her because Ellie's going to do it anyway, especially because she wants to make up for what happened with Jack. There are ways to get her there Mm -hmm. without killing Alice's character, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. or at least have Alice show concern for what she's throwing her sister into. You know, just I don't know what happened with her character this season at all. I really wish we knew. And again, I feel like if I were Vanessa Stacy. And I got to play Alice in season two. I fell in love with this role. I was Mm -hmm. so proud to play this character. And then I saw what they were writing for me in season three. I wouldn't come back to the show either. Mm -mm. (laughs) Like, I'm gone. I'm going to go on a a kid's show with a talking airplane. I'm out of (laughs) here. I mean, yeah, just to finish that off, um, what do you make of Luke's continued belief that the Chosen are a force for good? At least... That I can kind of, well, not understand, but I can get where he's coming from because he did truly believe in the good things that the Chosen could bring. You know, his mm. his beliefs were similar to what we see someone else do later. He's, you know, he, he figured we have to give these kids something to believe in and, they'll, you know, then they can have access to food, access to care, a safe place for the pregnant women. <laughs> Because, you know, he, he did see, or at least from his point of view, the Chosen could do good things. I mean, I think it's a little sad that, you know, he so desperately latches on to this, but it feels realistic. I think it'd be weird if he just stopped believing, you know. Yeah. Mm. A change like that doesn't happen overnight or after just one thing. I haven't, um, I just, I've never bought the whole Luke believe in the chosen were good but go on. <laughs> yeah but jay believes the technos are good so uh... i don't believe that either yeah <laughs> it's just a nonsense but yeah. <laughs> it's not i think that luke actually believes the chosen are good i think it's that he needs to believe the chosen are good because yes. this yeah. religion saved him from a squalored existence where he likely hated himself and felt a lot of the loneliness and despair of their existence. And then here comes along somebody who gave him something to strive for and believe in. And it saved him. And I, I, I don't believe he looked at like the things they did and said, Oh yeah, kidnapping a baby? Totally valid thing to do. Oh, let's hold her mother against her will as well? Yeah, that's great. I don't believe in his heart of hearts he actually thinks that what they do is good i think he needs to to validate his own choices and what he's participated in yeah if he doesn't believe that they're good what does that say about him well what has he done like you say the things that he's done can you live with that i mean executions disappearings like you say kidnap of a mother and a child brainwashing the list goes on and then keeping that child when you let the mother go. Yeah. I know. Jeez, Luke. Can never let her go because he's our most precious thing. But I liked your ideas when you said about the potential for Luke staying in the mall to keep an eye on Brady. I think that would could have been an easy fix as well. It's a creepy thing. Belief can be very scary. What people need to believe. It can be great. It can be uplifting. It can save you. It can make you a great person, 
You know, sometimes people are just kind because they believe I'm going to go to heaven by being a good person, you know, um, but it can also be really dark and messed up what people will do because they believe in something, you know, and Luke is just a really good example of what belief can do to a person. Yeah, I still, I know. <laughs> it doesn't work, it doesn't work for you. You know, do you know why? If we didn't know that he was a loco originally, I would have completely bought this, that he's bought into the whole chosen agenda that they were forced for mm-hmm. good and believing in this deity that was Zoot. But because we know that he was a chosen, uh, sorry, he was a loco, this is why this just doesn't fit for me. <laughs> I just can't believe that he believes Zoot's legacy is a source for good. <laughs> no, no, no. He, this, that's his way of justifying did as a loco. I, that's what I think. He needs to believe it. Say again? That it justifies the things he did. To make it up. Yeah, when he was a loco. The things he did. Yeah. The things he did when he followed Zoot. Were awful. And then all of a sudden he thinks that... And then, um, <laughs> the guardian yeah, preaching that he Zoot. did these awful things when he followed Zoot. And then when he followed Ebony. <laughs> and, you know, we don't know how he felt about those things. Like, we don't know. But we do know he is a compassionate person. And he does feel guilt. So, is it possible that with that self-loathing for the things you've done and the life you've been living, here comes somebody to recolor it as though, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, you were always meant to do those things because this is what Zood actually is. Who would, you know, I, I wouldn't desperately follow oh, that. I can't. He is, he I'm is, sorry, he is, I can't. Oh, he, he basically brainwashed <laughs> no, to justify his actions. It's a form of denial. Yeah. There's one. denial and there's like, you, the things you must have done in the Locos and the things you have done as a chosen, I for the greater good. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people join the chosen, other people sleep with Lex. There's just a lot of interesting things that people, some of the ugliest people, and then they'll suddenly like buy into religion and be like, mm. you know, because somebody told them if you repent and you live this way, God will forgive you for all the horrible things that you did. Oh, you you skinned that woman's face off, but God will forgive you for that. And they they latch on to that, you know what I mean? Um, I just think that does make Luke interesting. I do, I've seen Luke's, you know what I mean? Like, I guess that's why I can Mm -hmm. imagine what got him on this path to believe this, or at least need to believe it. Um, Yeah, that's mainly it. He needs to believe for his own sanity. It's pretty crazy that he knew Zoot in real life. And bought into that he's these things that Jaffa started spouting, you know? And it's like, really? You met the guy. <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. He was a street thug. That's what he was. Come on. But think of all the other stuff that Jaffa has said about Zoo. That none of it reflects what that kid was actually doing, you know? Luke is the only one who claims that Zoo is love. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> the thing. He is literally the only one. This is what I said before. In previous episode, he's the only one who keep preaching that Zoot is love and good and pure. <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> Not a single other chosen member says this. <laughs> like, how deluded can you be? <laughs> he wants to believe it that badly. But like we're trying to say that he's he's got his head on his shoulders and that he's deluded enough to believe this. And that's, that's for me. The two, that's the issue. The two for me don't go. Either he's deluded enough, or he can't be have a good head on his shoulders. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. They're both together can't really work i think that's what's scary about humanity in general you can meet people who are intelligent 
well-spoken, they've got a good head on their shoulders, and yet the things they are willing to believe for whatever reason would, it, it, it's a complete contradiction, but they exist. Mm. Mm -hmm. You'll be looking at them like, I don't know how it's possible for you to believe this. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't you. get it. And yet you do. Like, I cannot reconcile that you could believe this and yet be who you are. They exist. They're out there. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could it potentially <laughs> as well go, you know, talking about organized religion and religion, could it potentially be for him filling a void? Because if there isn't this, then what is there? They're just a bunch of kids fighting for survival. This at least at least lifts them above that. It means that they're doing it for a reason. What did Jaffa say to Ebony? People need to believe in something. Mm -hmm. mm. Something is, sometimes it's just as simple as that. Some people really need to believe in something. And it's scary what they'll latch on to. And maybe we're looking at it from the wrong way around. We're looking at it from Luke's perspective, but maybe we should be looking at it from the Guardian's perspective. I.e. he gathered the locos around him that he knew he could manipulate in this way or would buy into this beginning of this cult. I mean, these are the first individuals that he did mm -hmm. this to, that he turned Zoot into a god for. Yep. So perhaps the way we should be looking at it is that Java saw in Luke the potential to be an acolyte because maybe his susceptibility to things. Mm. And that it. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. I don't have an issue with Luke like, believing in this, in, in, in this God Zoo. It's, it's the whole love versus power and chaos, fire, brimstone, destruction. It's, that's what I've got a big issue with. Rewrite history all the time. We see the way Celine does it, how she rewrites events that have happened. We were there. We saw what happened. And then we'll hear her telling of it. And it's like, do you actually believe that, Celine? Or do you need to believe that's how it went down? You know, for your own self-preservation. So that's what you tell yourself. That's what happened. That's the way I see that, it. You know, that's how you sleep at night. Mm. Even though it's power and chaos. <laughs> Hell and fire. Even and you're still saying to yourself, it's love. It's it's acceptance. It's you know what I mean. Like they're saying this every day, and you're still saying in your mind, "Oh, love and peace and brave new world." Like that. <sighs> it's just crazy for me. Why Ellie looks at him the way she does? Yeah, Ellie said it. I don't know how you can believe this. I don't know how you can be the person I've gotten to know and be so intelligent and so compassionate and be a decent person and believe in this. Like, how is this possible, Luke? But it does go back to that missed opportunity that we were talking about earlier of having the Guardian's version of Suit versus the Luke's version of Suit and the potential that you could have a civil war when you've got one preaching, like you say, fire and brimstone and the other one saying love, community, <laughs> social care, you know, so, yeah. NHS. <laughs> Zoot was for all these things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> You didn't see but the yeah, love in his eyes when he was burning books and tying kids to poles? Come on! I must have missed that, yeah. It's <laughs> all love, man! <laughs> okay, that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. Looks like we've got two things to celebrate. We should have a party! 
Yeah. What you want, balloons, streamers, funny hats. Is this a private party or can anybody join? Amber. Amber, I don't believe it's your bag. Yeah, and I've brought some people with me. Trudy? Hi, Ebony. Everyone. I... So yeah, what did you think of this plan? What did you make of Sneaky Pride? And did you feel sad for the hell that was about to unleash on Celine losing Brady? I was just very, very, I guess. And someone getting that poor little girl out of the mall. Talking about Brady's having a grand old time. (laughs) And I don't think it would have been that difficult to get her out of the mall. Maker simply claims he's under strict instruction to get the divine child to safety. Oh, come on. Now, we know it's not difficult to get Brady out of the mall because they can just leave whenever they want. I mean, if they don't recognize KC, who's to say they would recognize Brady? Um. It's interesting because although I really love Sneaky Pride and the Mm -hmm. fact that he's had this idea going the whole way through, you guys have kind of made me feel as if. I kind of wish that it had been Luke who stopped, took Brady oh, that would have to been the rebels. Glorious. Would destroy the chosen, and we know that's not what he wants to do. Yeah, but if he would have taken that different child to the Supreme Mother. Well, and it, it would destroy one version of the chosen, the Guardian's version. But we don't know that he couldn't have said, I'm willing to work with you, I've brought the baby. Let's do a deal. Nah, he's I've too delusional. He's too delusional. I, d- I wouldn't buy it yeah. with how he behaves and what he said, what he believes in. I, if he took the baby to the, the rebels, I'd be like, Luke, this is the exact opposite of what your goal is. You're trying to preserve the mm-hmm. chosen as they are. You just want to get rid of Jaffa. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't want to have to build the chosen from scratch in a new image. You just want to get rid of the perversion, which he land, he he puts that completely on Jaffa's feet. So I would not buy him taking the baby, which he thinks is their prized possession, away to the rebels who want to destroy the chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that it's pride. Sorry, I can't help that. And the moment that they're going, mm. so who's going to take care of that baby? And pride instantly going, I will, as if to say, of course I'm going to take ter- care of this child. I know you all won't, but I will. Well, it showed interesting dimensions to him as well, because it showed that he's prepared to be sneaky. He kind of mm-hmm. knows exactly what's going to happen to Celine after it's discovered that the baby was lost on his charge. But also, he's he will look after this delightful little baby. So it shows that there he's an onion. He has layers. Mixed feelings about the scene. So I guess I'll stay with mm. the, I'll stick with the positives. I do like May and Pride's plan with Tysan. Um, it's one of the more effective ones we get. And I like how they all work together. I like their dynamics. I like that Tysan doesn't fully trust May. You know, I like that May mm-hmm. is threatened by Pride and Tysan's relationship. And yeah, I even like the fact that neither of them show in ounce of concern or guilt for what's going to happen mm-hmm. to Celine. Like, Pride is smiling the whole time. <laughs> He's like, that sounds like a YP. That is your problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, wow. <laughs> I love all that. I love that they do get Brady out. 
Um, and okay, I guess. And I, I think this Celine, I even like the way he manipulates Celine out of the room and how gentle he is and earning her trust mm. and all that stuff and how well acted that is. Celine's performance is really great, especially when she comes back and finds the empty crib. Um, like, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. But there are a lot of things I don't like about the setup. I don't like that we get no details of how these guys got the baby out of the mall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. We've been complaining about the fact these guys should have been able to leave at any time. But they make it seem like they can't. And it, these two, <laughs> the Tai Chi master and the handmaiden walked out with the baby. How? And they just gloss over how that was possible. Like, come on, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. it, that's cheap. That's, I'm glad they got the baby out, but it's cheap how they do it. Um, mm -hmm. That bugs me because it just feels like, I don't know how. It's it just more proof. No, no chosen are watching over this kid because yeah. they literally walked out of the mall with her. And there's no details of what that would have entailed. It's a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're too busy worrying over the, the weighted dice. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what they're investigating. Nobody notices the baby is being taken out of the mall. And so that bugs me. I like kind of, you know, Trudy walking in and seeing her daughter. Um, mm. That's not what she was expecting. That her She expected mm. she's going to come back and they're still working to take down the Chosen. And this beautiful surprise, there is her baby girl. You know, and that's nice. I wish it had been given more weight, uh, but it's crowded. Yep. There's too much going on. Yeah. So a moment where Trudy is reunited with her baby girl and in complete freedom is kind of just glossed over because there's way too much happening in this scene. I don't like the fact that Bray doesn't even hug his niece. Like, yeah. He's oh. standing apart from his niece. Like, I get you had to show him being focused on other things, but this is his brother's child. Who has been brought back and you can't hug her mm -hmm. or show any physical nope. concern? We know he's... he doesn't care about that baby. He didn't care about her being taken. Not once. Didn't lose a night's sleep over that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, it's like his reaction to Brady being brought back is that she's nothing more than a chess piece on a board. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it shouldn't be that. That should be way more emotional for mm -hmm. you. You know, that your niece is back and she's safe she's safe right i guess your last family member and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed like good job guys you know like, they didn't retrieve a dog it's your niece <laughs> what the frick she looks just like your brother there should be something there you can already tell there's going to be friction between she and bray just by her behavior i i there's too much going on in the scene so nothing is given the weight it ought to be given. Mm -hmm. All of these moments are happening. They're super important moments, and they just kind of gloss over every single one of them. Lex just found out that he is not going to have to bury another wife, and it's just glossed over. <laughs> it's just, eh, you know, she's fine. Your wife is alive. What? Oh, and next, sorry, we don't get to focus on that because here comes Amber waltzing in, and oh, I brought a friend. Here comes Trudy. She's reunited with her daughter. I, it's all too. It's too much happening. Mm. So none of it has a real impact like it should have. Mm. Like, just pick one and give it a good moment. Mm. You know you know what I would have liked? If we would have had the chance by taking 
Brady out to wherever Amber and Trudy were. They needed to pace all those moments out. That's what I would have wanted. And I suppose from a from a scriptwriter's perspective, bookending the scene with Lex thinking that he had killed Tyson and then him discovering that he hadn't would have been maybe a interesting way to open to close it mm-hmm. so you've got you it could have left him finding out in this episode out only for him to find out in the next episode like just skip the conversation mm-hmm. of what tyson said and allow mm-hmm. him just, just you gotta take one of these moments out mm-hmm. you gotta take one of them out there's too many big moments and none of them are given the respect they deserve you know the the focus to me should have been on trudy being reunited with the baby mm-hmm. um like that's what we should have been focusing on that, or it should, yeah. or that should have been saved you know, and actually give that a moment and then you could have given the last couple minutes to Bray reuniting, you know, hugging Amber and you see the look on her face and you could tell something's off. Then you open the next episode with, you know, Pride and Lex having mm-hmm. a conversation and then that's when Lex finds out, my wife is alive? What? And Pride's like, I didn't realize you thought she was dead, man. <laughs> Sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just you smashed all of this together and it's like you knew mm-hmm. you were getting these two actresses back. You knew this was the episode they're coming back and you didn't build up to this at all. Yes. They just kind of wander into the set. They're like, oh, you guys are here? Fine, we're going to shoot this scene. Like, what? We've been stuck waiting for her return. Where's the army? I want to see the army that she, that was her excuse for leaving. I want to see them. I do agree with you. However, I do think it's a bit strange that Lex would see May and Pride and not ask about Tyson, and he doesn't ask mm-hmm. about him. It's so strange. Like that's the first thing you would say. You would want to know the the circumstances of her passing, and he doesn't ask. And I just think if he wasn't in the room, like you say, we could have just had him finding out in the next episode that she's okay. And it should have been just Pride, May, Brady, Ebony, Bray, and then Amber and Trudy coming into the scene without Lex being there, I think. Mm-hmm. Lex has a perfect excuse not to be in the room. Like, you know, he could have been there and then he excuses himself, you know, for something. Because he clearly is in mourning. He thinks he killed his wife, you know. And, and then he can find out later. But yeah, it's too much happening and none of them are given the focus they need. It feels very last minute. And the pacing in this episode has been all over the place. I mean, we could mm-hmm. have just gotten rid of the Andy Tally stuff mm-hmm. and had <laughs> focuses on different places because it just feels like, like you say, in the last five minutes, everything is happening. We're having an info dump. Everything we've been waiting for happened, boom, in this scene. It's like, wait, 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 slow, the, slow your roll. It doesn't matter that Lex yeah. finds out his wife is alive. It doesn't matter that Trudy's reunited with her baby. It doesn't matter that Amber's back. The only thing that matters is finally something's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so interesting because when we started the series, we had that amazing end shot with Amber turning mm-hmm. around being eagle. And it was such a mic drop, such a moment. And where has the momentum gone? <laughs> <laughs> you know please feeling they're just as tired with the chosen storyline as we are <laughs> like we have stalled and dragged this out as long as we possibly can beth allen is back let's wrap this up yeah yeah i mean i'm glad they're back i'm glad we're finally gonna get something done but uh the execution isn't very good 
we didn't even really get to see that Trudy's got an amazing new haircut and outfit, really. Mm-hmm. Being reunited with her child mm-hmm. is an afterthought. But boy, am I happy for her. Even kiss the baby. They don't even focus on her holding the child long enough for us to like get any gravity of the moment she has been reunited with her baby. Like it, they pan away. You can hear her kiss mm-hmm. Brady, but they've already panned away from it. That's how little it seems to matter. I, I kind of wonder if they did get the ba- baby out at this point just because Trudy was coming. One to have to deal with the oh, but my child is still in. I mean, that, yeah, that is. Pretty much the only reason I can think of, because they wanted to, they wanted, didn't want to go, off, didn't want her to go off from the deep end too much to show that she changed and she had been reprogrammed. Mm. So they couldn't have her crying for Brady too much, you know what I mean? So yeah, it does feel like it was meant to be done that way. It worked though. Like if mm-hmm. you had given us a moment to have Trudy come back, but they haven't rescued Brady back yet, so it's the rebels, you know, talking, and then Amber and Trudy waltz in. You'd at least get some idea of the progress that Trudy has made, even without her daughter. The healing that she's done with the Ecos. You'd get a moment to see where she... Like, I feel like Brady's just an easy save. We don't have any idea where Trudy's headspace is when she walks in, because immediately she sees her daughter. And I think it would have been important to show the healing journey she had to actually take to be able to come back to fight to get her daughter back, to be in the right headspace to do that. And then you get Brady in the next episode. You know what I mean? Like, like you set up oh, yeah, that that's what they're mm-hmm. it's going to happen, but we don't actually see her reunited with Brady until the next episode. You know, um, especially when you think of all the time that has been wasted where nothing is happening and, they're clearly desperate to give these characters something to do while they were killing time. And then they just start dumping plot and interactions and everything. It just cascades. The last third of season three is, whoo, it's got a big ass. Mm. They were in the writer's room going, which idea should we go with? And someone goes, yes. Yeah, it's like, we're, we're doing it all. Everything. All at once. <laughs> It does feel like that, yeah. Like, what's the quick fix? <laughs> this, 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 this. <laughs> is it at you? Mm-hmm. The Rebels don't even have a chance to respond to Trudy's presence after everything. You know, Trudy doesn't even have the chance to look at these people and, you know, express where she is now. And we would be able to see, wow, going away. They, you know, they were able to undo all that wiring and that fracturing her, her mind. And see that she's still okay, but she's refocused and yeah, I'm here to get Brady, you know, all that stuff. And I, I think Trudy deserved that. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, that's something on the list of things we wished we had. Because Trudy is a separate person outside of her daughter, you know? She has an identity outside of Brady, but it doesn't seem like she's allowed to have an identity outside. She's just a mom. She's just Brady's mom. You know, that's all she is. That is how she's defined. And didn't miss opportunities. I wish they'd focused more on her. Also kind of wish they would give Pride the proper amount of credit for actually taking action and getting that child. No, the response to what he and May managed to do is just like, hey, where'd it go? (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Not like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> How did you do this? Like, no, nah, they, they didn't want any details. They're just like, yeah awesome not even a how did you get out so maybe we can get in nothing no deplorable lack of curiosity as to how this was pulled off mm -hmm. not even a response to seeing pride you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> like whatever <laughs> we know make him walk around freely but you weren't you a slave i cannot get over bray's reaction to these guys rescuing his niece <laughs> <laughs> they did what you should have done bray and not even a just a sense of relief like oh she's okay thank god oh i wasn't you know i couldn't allow myself to focus on that or think about that you know nothing there's nothing mm -hmm. he treats them like hey glad you guys made it to the party the drinks are back here come on in you know all right that brings series three episode 28 to a close thank you very much to the panel and if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast Please just send us a message on our Facebook page, on our website, or on Instagram, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 29. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.